Welcome back, my friends. My name is Rob Booker, and in this podcast, this private special podcast, we're summarizing the ideas from Seth Klarman's famous book, Margin of Safety, published in 1991 and no longer available online unless you want to spend a trillion dollars on a copy. My name is Rob Booker. You can find more information about the way that I trade at robbooker.com. I generate wealth by short-selling stocks day-to-day and then taking the money and the profits from that and putting it into value investment opportunities. And here we go. Number eight, emotions play havoc in investing. Unsuccessful investors are dominated by emotion. Rather than responding coolly and rationally to market fluctuations, they respond emotionally with greed and fear. We all know people who act responsibly and deliberately most of the time, but go berserk when investing money. It may take them many months, even years of hard work and disciplined saving to accumulate the money, but only a few minutes to invest it. The same people would read several consumer publications and visit numerous stores before purchasing a stereo or camera, yet spend little or no time investigating the stock they just heard about from a friend. Rationality that is applied to the purchase of electronic or photographic equipment is absent when it comes to investing for most people. A side note here, this is so true. I've been trading now for 24 years, and let me tell you, the first few years were terrible. All I did was follow the recommendations of other people. Instead of learning true principles and then applying them for myself, I would just follow other people because that seemed like the safest thing to do. Oh, so-and-so claims to be a millionaire. I should just follow what they're doing. When it comes to my approach to mentoring traders or talking with traders or whatever it is, what I tend to do is teach you correct principles, the principles about the way things really work, and then you implement those principles, and then I give you feedback. I explain an investing principle or a day trading principle. I demonstrate it to you after explaining it. Then you practice doing it in your own account, and then you show me what you did, and I give you some feedback. This explain, demonstrate, practice, evaluate process will help you become more rational in your trading decisions. Because if you've ever felt like you took a trade because someone else mentioned it, but then they're nowhere to be seen after the trade goes the wrong way, you have experienced the need to learn how to do this for yourself. I want you to be self-sufficient. I'd say Seth Klarman probably believes the same. Let's keep going. Number nine. The stock market is not a way to make quick money. Many unsuccessful investors regard the stock market as a way to make money without working, rather than as a way to invest capital in order to earn a decent return. Anyone would enjoy a quick and easy profit, and the prospect of an effortless gain incites greed in investors. Greed leads many investors to seek shortcuts to investment success. Rather than allowing returns to compound over time, they attempt to turn quick profits by acting on hot tips. They do not stop to consider how the tipster could possibly be in possession of valuable information that is not illegally obtained or why, if it is so valuable, it's being made available to them. Greed also manifests itself as undue optimism or, more subtly, as complacency in the face of bad news. Finally, greed can cause investors to shift their focus away from the achievement of long-term investment goals in favor of short-term speculation. Now, As a side note, I love short-term speculation, but I think all of the principles that he discussed right here are applicable. If you want to take a year to learn a trading system and then implement it, you're probably going to be way more successful than somebody that wants to take a day to learn a trading system and then trade it for a year. I'd rather learn a system for a year and trade it for a day 
then learn it for a day and trade it for a year. Greed dictates that most traders aren't willing to do the work up front, so they just jump into trades. It manifests itself as undue optimism about buying stocks. Oh, someone famous bought this stock. I got a trade alert. And then they become complacent as the stock falls and they say things like, well, it's got to come back. The market doesn't have to come back. And most of those small cap stocks that you see in chat rooms, they never come back. They jump one day and then they drop forever. So I think Seth Klarman's onto something here. We learn how to do it first and then we apply it over time. It doesn't necessarily take 12 months to learn how to short stocks or even become a really great value investor, but it takes more than just a day. I think with a couple of weeks of study and feedback and a community surrounding you, you can really pick up on and internalize the principles of successful investing and even successful day trading. All right, let's move on. Number 10, the stock market moves in cycles. All market fads come to an end. Security prices eventually become too high. Supply catches up with and then exceeds demand. The top is reached and the downward slide ensues. There will always be cycles of investment fashion and just as surely investors who are susceptible to them. It's only fair to note that it is not easy to distinguish an investment fad from a real business trend. Indeed, many investment fads originate in real business trends, which deserve to be reflected in stock prices. The fad becomes dangerous, however, when share prices reach levels that are not supported by the conservatively appraised values of the underlying businesses. All right, some notes here. Recently, in the last 12 months, artificial intelligence has been the hot word. In January of 2023, no one was really still thinking about it. But the stock C3.ai, stock symbol AI, ran up on, well, a fad. Artificial intelligence was a fad at the time. And inevitably, the stock dropped after rising a whole bunch. And it caught a lot of people off guard. Why did it happen? Well, because in order to be a long-term successful company that you would hang on to for longer than just a few days, AI was going to need to return a profit. It was going to have to pay some dividends. And it didn't. And so eventually it fell. It was a fad. Now AI is here to stay and companies like Nvidia who have capitalized on supplying the equipment necessary to run these AI chatbots and large language models has done fantastically well. And Nvidia's stock price is probably justified by the underlying value of the business. As of the recording of this podcast, it's possible that Nvidia has now become overvalued and needs to dip a bit. But the principle is true just the same. Nvidia has real products, real profits, a real management structure, and has a long history of getting in on trends early. So, when you think about long-term investing, you want to think about underlying value and fads versus real business trends. Artificial intelligence is here to stay, but not all the companies doing artificial intelligence stuff are here to stay. You can be sure that a company that pays a dividend, earns a profit, and has a real management structure in place and real products and services is more likely to succeed than a company that announces that they've made it possible for you to, I don't know, create your own music using AI. Great concept, also a lot of fun, but it's not a real business model. You gotta know the difference between the two. As a side note, companies that are fads are perfect candidates for us to short and then turn that money into more money by investing the profits in value stocks. 
All right, number 11, how big investors misbehave and why they underperform. If the behavior of institutional investors weren't so horrifying, it might actually be humorous. Hundreds of billions of other people's hard-earned dollars are routinely whipped from investment to investment based on little or no in-depth research or analysis. The prevalent mentality is consensus, groupthink. Acting with the crowd ensures an acceptable mediocrity. Acting independently runs the risk of unacceptable underperformance. Indeed, the short-term relative performance orientation of many money managers has made institutional investor a contradiction in terms. Most money managers are compensated not according to the results they achieve, but as a percentage of the total assets under management. The incentive is to expand managed assets in order to generate more fees. Yet while a money management business typically becomes more profitable as assets under management increase, good investment performance becomes increasingly difficult. This conflict between the best interests of the money manager and that of the clients is typically resolved in the manager's favor. Just a quick side note on this one. Giving somebody else your money to manage will give you a sense of safety, but won't necessarily lead to spectacular gains. Learning to become a value investor, a rational-minded investor, might do more for you than any other single thing that you do. All right, when we come back, we'll handle number 12, number 13, number 14, and number 15, the big ideas from Seth Klarman's Margin of Safety. <laughs> 